Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Scott Stebbin Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. I hope you guys are had a great week and enjoying a much-deserved weekend. And today we're going to be uh, having a conversation about women in ministry, women pastors. And joining me today, I have two wonderful women with me today. I have uh, Mary Stevens and Shannon New Spangler. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Yeah, so... Um, so right off the bat, I just kind of want to know who you are, uh, what ministry role you have, and kind of tell me a little bit about your calling to ministry. Let's go ahead and start with you, Mary. Sure. Um, I'm Mary Stevens. I'm a senior pastor at South Bend Church or Southside Church of God in South Bend, Indiana. There's a lot of Souths in our name. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been here. This uh, in December will be five years. Um, so this is my first pastoral ministry, like senior pastor role. I've done, been an associate pastor before, and I worked for nonprofits as a ministry coordinator, um, faith-based nonprofits too. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, was there a second part of that question? That yeah, you're calling a ministry. Yeah. So I grew up in the church of God. So pastoring in the church of God, my dad was a pastor and I felt called to ministry as a teenager at a youth camp. Like I think a lot of us did. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I didn't really pursue that call right away. It wasn't until after college. Um, I kind of was deciding whether to go to law school, pursuing that or seminary and seminary won out. And so it was at that time, I really felt like I was called to the local church and I wanted to be prepared for that. So um, did the educational part of that and uh, then um, found it difficult to find a ministry position. So that's what led to me to work in women's ministry for a long time um, at, uh, in the National Church of God Women's Ministry. Um, but always still felt that call to the local church. And so um, ended up here in South Bend. And now it's kind of interesting. I think I thought I would achieve this calling and be where I'm supposed to be. And now I really feel like my call is to the kingdom of God more than to a position. Mm. So Fortunately that I find that that is fulfilled here in being a pastor, but I also, there is a freedom there that if that, if that wasn't the case, I feel like I could still be fulfilling that call in some way. So yeah. that's kind of how I ended up here. Great. Great. And Shannon, go ahead and tell us about yourself. Well, I'm Shannon Newspangler and I'm currently serving as a staff chaplain at Ball Memorial Hospital in Muncie, Indiana. I've been here for about a year and a half. Um, and this is a position I kind of accidentally fell into. Um, I was a pastor's kid also. I grew up in the church and really kind of fought a call to ministry for a lot of years um, and ended up at Anderson University. Again, kind of like this is how my life functions, right? I kind of fell into that too because I was going to go to Michigan State University, had a full ride to Michigan State, and then my mom moved to Lansing. And I was like, well, you're supposed to go away to school. So I, so I ended up going to Anderson sort of last minute. And it was there that I really took hold of my call and stopped fighting it. I became a Bible and religion major and then went into the youth ministry and then came back to seminary and then went and was a senior pastor. So kind of like everything kind of like played out pretty normally and in a row until I was, um, in my late thirties and I resigned from the church that I was at and had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. And if I was going to stay in the parish or if I was going to stay in ministry at all. Um, and 
ended up kind of taking this role as a chaplain as an on-call, as only an on-call, like fill-in chaplain, and kind of fell in love with the work. And so here I am a year and a half later getting my board certification. And this may be just for a season, and it may not be, and I'm pretty okay with that. Like Mary said, I, I don't feel called to a specific place or situation I feel called to. For me, it's loving people and being present, um, being God's presence to people. And you can do that in a lot of places. Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of with the three of us here, kind of the similarities to our calling is we had the calling and we kind of fought against it at first. I feel like that's usually how you know it's real when you have to fight against it and then God kind of <laughs> brings you back around because that was my experience. Uh, but yeah, I, I think there's something special about being called. And I think it's always hard when you have people who are not within church tradition and you talk about calling, they kind of look at you funny, like, well, what's that? Um, and I think that even within churches, I feel like that when you talk to male pastors and you talk about their calling, you know, there's really never a push against that or a challenge against that calling. But it seems like talking with other women who have been called to the ministry and you'd say, well, I've been called to serve God or I've been called to a pastoral role or I've been called to serve the kingdom of God. There always seems to be pushback against that with being a woman. So what were some of the challenges, if at all, that have you experienced where your calling was either challenged or questioned? And Mary, we'll go ahead and start with you. I like how you say if at all. (laughs) (laughs) Women haven't experienced that. (laughs) When I felt called to ministry, I talked to my dad because, you know, he was a pastor and he was just all on board, super supportive. Um, And I think the first challenge I encountered was then my dad was an associate pastor and the lead pastor at that church had retired and they were taking applications. And so this wasn't personally against me, but there, there was a big fight over whether or not they would accept applications from women. And this is church of God, you know, where we've had women pastors since the beginning. And I remember my dad, who's very mild mannered, like you were not, not confrontational at all, like standing up in a meeting. He's like, how dare you? He's like, my daughter has a call to ministry. You will not say that, that she doesn't. And, and from that saying that as an associate pastor, they actually had people leave the church over it. They're like, oh, if they're going to get not even hire a woman, but even just look at resumes from women. So that was the first time I think I encountered this. Oh, this might be harder than I thought. Mm -hmm. And I went to college uh, at a Methodist school. And so when I told my chaplain and my friends that I felt called to ministry, I was very supportive. So I thought I'd go to seminary, man, I'm on the road. This is easy. (laughs) And it was in seminary too, where I just, I encountered a lot of the stories of women before me who have struggled, who were looking for churches and could never find a job, who felt called, who felt like I put all this work in, but then the church isn't receiving it. They're not using it. And that I found to be kind of discouraging. It was kind of like, yay, you should do this. You should spend all this money to go to seminary. You should do all this work, but also you're probably not going to get hired. And that was the message that I felt like I heard over and over again. And then it did kind of play out at the beginning when I, when it was getting towards graduation, I applied at some churches and had some great recommendations from some great professors and just kind of got a either no response or not interested now. Um, And so maybe some of those, it had nothing to do with me being a woman, but then I know others that were male colleagues that that wasn't necessarily the case. So I kind of took it that that was. Mm -hmm. So that's 
I didn't feel like that I ever got like the anyone coming and pointing in my face, oh, you can't be a pastor. But it was like those little things, like seeing how the church was playing out that, oh, and they might say they support women pastors, but not at my church, or it's going to be hard when you graduate. And what kind of support will you get when you get past graduation to help you find a job and a church? And, and it was in those ways that I found it challenging. That was just looking for, I think, a little bit more support in that whole process. Okay. All right. And Shannon, what about you? Um, very similar to Mary. Um, I had, you know, I grew up, our parents kind of told us you can do whatever you want to do. I grew up in the church of God as well. Um, but even though I grew up in the church of God, I didn't see a lot of women in ministry. Um, growing up, I saw women missionaries and I saw women worship pastors. Um, but I didn't see women in lead roles. And so my, honestly, my first kind of fight against women in ministry was for myself. Um, which is a little hard to admit, but that's true. I kind of, as I began to feel the call um, towards ministry, I was like, am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed to like walk into ministry and walk into leadership? And so that was my first fight. And then because of my first personality, once I took hold of that, um, I, I was very like strong with it and decided like, okay, if this is going to be the way it is, it's the way it is. And so then when I encountered pushback in my first youth ministry, the senior pastor was very, um, very staunch that women are under men. They serve under men. I was Mm. the youth pastor. Um, When I preached, he would say I was giving a talk, just little things like that. Um, Not outright aggression, just kind of like these microaggressions, like I was very clearly not the leader. And that, that's been a lot of my ministry is little things like that being called sweetheart at pastor's gatherings instead of pastor, all the men would get called pastor and they would call me sweetheart. Um, and those kind of things like, Oh, they made me so angry and got under my skin. Um, but that's kind of, I mean, I've had a few places where I've had people outright say like, you're a woman and you're not allowed to be a pastor. Although the place I get that the most is Twitter. Um, mm. there though man the people on twitter who are against women pastors are very vocal about it and it's not microaggressions it's straight up aggressions um so yeah it's just been kind of like underlying there my whole ministry um and and we we see it we feel it and we know that there are people who disagree and yet <laughs> we persist yeah it's it's interesting that you guys talk about you know, again, since all three of us have had some part of the Church of God movement out of Anderson, and it seems strange to me that even though Anderson's very big as like, we support women pastors, you know, we've had a lot of history of women pastors since the conception of our movement, and yet we still have churches or maybe even little ministries that kind of say, yeah, no, not so much. So um, I guess when we think about that topic, why do you think that is? Why do you think that there is so much resistance within, not only within our movement, but let's just say within the broader scope of things, people are so against women in ministry? I think part of it is the patriarchy that's just baked into 
our society, you know, and it's, uh, was actually, I was talking to my son about this. He's nine years old, very wise. <laughs> Cause he was asking what I was doing this afternoon. And I told him about this interview and, uh, he was like, why would people ever think that boys are better than girls? I don't understand it. And I was telling him, even my grandmother, I remember telling my mom, cause I had it was just me and my sister. She told my mom, she's like, well, you're not really a mom until you have boys. And so there was this sense of that. That's not even a religious thing, but just, it's kind of built into the culture. And so we often hear, you know, we're about the Bible and the Bible will not concede on culture. But I think a lot of times we read a patriarchal culture into scripture and the whole of scripture, or we take a few clobber verses and say, this is the whole thing. And we don't look at the whole story. And I think that that's why there is a lot of that um, antagonism towards women mm-hmm. in ministry. Okay. All right. Well, your thoughts, Shannon? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think there's a cultural aspect. I, I also think that um, the nature of the church of God is that we welcome every blood washed one. We don't have denominational ties. And so people come into the church and are welcome into the church because of how we function and there's no creed and there's no membership and they are not church of God. And they do not come with those um, beliefs that women are equal partners in ministry. And so those kind of things start to seep into the church. And I think that that's a big part of the church of God, why the church of God is struggling with women in ministry is because of that, I hate to say it this way, but the intermixing of denominations, which is, <laughs> it's definitely what we want, but, um, but those beliefs come in and like, they come from all different denominations mm-hmm. say women shouldn't be in ministry. And then they sit on boards and they make decisions in the church. And I, th- I think that probably has something to do with it. At least it seems, it seems to me that it does. Yeah. And, and you bring, and both of you bring up a good point. It, it's a cultural thing. And even when we think about culture, we can say, well, you know, it has to be a male that has to be the head pastor, the lead pastor. And yet you can look at your elder board and probably 90% of it's made up as women. So you're kind of like, okay, who really is making the decisions here, you know? Um, And then uh, Mary, you talked about, you know, even looking at scripture and sometimes patriarchy being put in scripture. So how do you counter somebody who says, well, a woman can't be a minister because Peter said this, or Paul says this, and it says this in the scripture, like, like, how do you address people who make those type of claims? For me, it depends on who's making them. If we're in the church of God, I'm like, dude, it's been decided. And like, I'm not arguing about it here. <laughs> like, This is my home, I belong. <laughs> and I will point people to resources and I do it in a much nicer way than I just said that now. And I will say, here's writings people have done. This, these scriptures have been exegeted to death. Here it is. If it's someone outside the church of God, and I had this happen my first year in the church, uh, pastoring a guy came to visit. And then after he stayed for the whole service afterwards. He's like, you know, this was great. I really think this will be my home church, which is kind of odd to say after one visit, but then he called me at home because my number was in the bulletin. And he's like, you know, the scriptures say you shouldn't be a pastor. And he just like kept repeating and you shouldn't be a pastor. He's like, so, but I feel like God's calling me to this church. Is there any way you could step down? (laughs) 
so that we could come here. Wow. And his idea was, so my husband is a pastor too, is ordained as well. And he's like, well, your husband could just do it. And I'm like, well, my husband's not called to pastor this church. And I just got to the point where I'm like, I'm not going to argue these scriptures with you. That's really important to you. And I was like, there are like 90% of the churches in this County are led by men. And that just might be a better fit for you. I just get to the point where I'm like, I'm not going to convince you. And I'm not going to waste my time trying to convince you. You can go over there. Um, if it's, you know, if someone's actually seeking information and they're like, I'm really questioning about it, then I'm so willing to dig into the scriptures and do that. Let's, let, let's walk on that journey together. Let's, let's talk about the culture of these, this ancient text and, and what these things really mean and in ways they set women free that it hadn't been before. But if it's just to get into an argument, I'm just so over those arguments. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Shannon said with the Theobrogens on Twitter, no, I'm done with them. I'm the not having those arguments anymore. <laughs> Shannon, your thoughts. Yeah, I would just repeat what Mary said. Um, I, I'm the same way. It really, really depends on who's asking and why they're asking. Um, I'm totally willing to get into a conversation with somebody who is authentically trying to figure it out or even who like feels pretty strongly, but wants to hear my point of view. But um, there are places where it's just not worth fighting. Like I walk into rooms in the hospital and somebody will say, oh, I was expecting a guy like, okay, I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna get into a theological debate with a guy in the hospital about whether or not I can be a chaplain or a minister. And that's fine. Um, But, uh, you know, Mary and I are essentially the same age-ish. We've been in ministry essentially the same amount of time. And at this point, I'm over it too. Like, I'm not gonna fight with people. If you don't, if you don't believe in my authority, and if you don't think that I can speak for God, then you're not gonna listen to anything I have to say anyway. And I try to trust and rely on my brothers in Christ, who I know some really amazing ones who will stand up for me and who will fight those fights. And that's honestly more useful because those guys will listen to to the guys when they won't listen to me. And so when somebody just wants to get into a fight, I mean, I'm not saying I never snark at them because sometimes I do, Um, (laughs) but I'm, you know, it's not worth the fight. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think you guys bring up a couple of good points, you know, it's just, it's not worth the fight. Um, You know, sometimes people can pick and choose scripture where like my approach, anytime when someone asks me, I'm like, well, why do you support? It's like, well, I could pull out, I could see where someone could pull out a verse and say, well, this verse says this. So this is, this is how it is. And that I can say, oh yeah, well, let's look at the entire Bible and let's look at all the women from Deborah to Rizpah to Ruth to Mary to Lydia to Phoebe to all these different and there's a whole lot of them and and I think my eyes were kind of more open on how many there were when I read um, Beth Barr's uh, Making a Biblical Womanhood and it was like oh I didn't even know about this person so I have to go back and read about him but and stuff but I feel like that we can it's very easy for people to say well I'm going to pick this scripture this verse and say aha and yet you miss the entire context of the Bible and how both men and women were working to achieve uh, God's goals and God's will here on earth. Um, Shannon, I, I like how you said that, you know, sometimes you have like some of your guy friends who kind of stay, Hey, no, 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 no. And have to kind of be that voice or kind of be that advocate for you and say, Hey, 
mm -mm, this is this is not going to go down like this like this is what we believe it's okay that they're called and and if they are called by god and you know they wrestled with it and they truly believe god had called them then they should have the right to serve god as god has called them to do um yeah. So yeah, great stuff, guys. So uh, back in 2019, there was a video posted by the United Methodist Church. I don't know if you guys seen it. It's from North Carolina Conference of the United Methodists. And it had their male ministers reading hurtful, sometimes derogatory comments that people had said to their women ministers. Uh, what has been your experience with similar comments that were made towards you? And in what ways have you responded uh, to those criticisms or to those comments? And we'll go ahead and start with you, Shannon. <laughs> okay um i mean <laughs> i i don't think we need to get into all the crass things that i've heard i've heard some fairly um vulgar and hurtful things mm -hmm. as a woman minister um and i'm not going to get into that and to those things i tend to not respond um but i like little things like i, sh I just shared this <laughs> with mary yesterday actually but um, I, when I was a senior pastor, I, we were going to get a loan at the bank for our church and we went into the bank office and the banker said, um, I introduced myself as a pastor. The guy I was with was on the board of our directors, director of our board, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I introduced myself as a pastor and the banker talked a little bit and he goes, look, I will need to talk to the pastor before we we make these decisions. And I said, I, I am the pastor. And he said, well, I will need to speak to somebody in charge. And I said, yes, that's me. And he said, no, I need to speak to somebody more in charge. And the, my head, the head of my board said, that's her. You're talking to the person in charge. And the guy was just like, he just, mm. he kept after it. And it was like, you would think after the first question that he'd be like, Oh, okay. But like, he just kept after it. He was not, he was not willing to believe that I could be in charge of a church. And it's like little things like that. Like that is not a unique situation. That's something that happens. And it happened as, you know, I don't get it as much in the chaplaincy. Um, but as a senior pastor, it happened all the time that people would call the church and, the, and hear me and I'd say, I'm Pastor Shannon. I'd say, I need to talk to the pastor. Yes, this is the pastor. Like mm. I need to talk to a male pastor. There is not a male pastor here. I'm the pastor. <laughs> like, and I'm sure Mary's gotten some of that too, but, um, those almost hurt worse than the, the really like aggressive remarks. Like, uh, I, Last week on Twitter, I had a guy just come after me and called me hun and like really just really patronizing. Mm. And that actually kind of made me laugh. Like he's so like he's so far away from it that it wasn't even offensive. But those little tiny like the things that are subtle, those are the ones that sting. I don't know why, but that's I don't know if that resonates it's with Mary. Yeah. It, it's almost kind of it's almost kind of like you know there's the getting gashed with a knife and you're like ooh you know it hurts but then eventually you go away because you see it but then there's that well I got I rubbed up against sandpaper and sandpaper rubbed up your arm and it just continues to hurt every time when water hits it it just stings yeah. so yeah I can understand how the the little tiny things can be more painful than the blunt comments because those sting a little bit more because they're just those lingering things. Mary, your thoughts. Yeah. Oh, I would say 
the exact same thing. If the over the top things, it's just, they're just kind of laughable and cartoonish. It's like, whatever, like you're just trying to get a rise out of me and I'm not playing along, but it's the little ones. Um, I know I've heard from someone I'm like, I'm trying to serve that they're like, well, you don't look like a pastor. <laughs> and so then you're like, what am I? I am, you know, I guess I do look like a pastor. This is what we look like now. <laughs> so those kinds of things. I think sometimes I encounter some things in ecumenical spaces mm-hmm. where I might be working with pastors who are not part of a tradition that have women and they just don't know what to do. Uh, one time we were in a meeting, we're praying and there was like, let's pray for all of the pastors and their spouses and Mary and her husband. <laughs> and it was like, that <laughs> Jeez. because he couldn't, you know, it would just hurt too much to say pastor Mary, but, um, so I think, and they're just, it's kind of like you said, like a death by a t- thousand tiny cuts. And it's just over and over. Um, but I will say, I think I encounter less of it now. Like the longer I'm here, it feels like now salespeople that come by or those cold calls on the phone, those are just always there. Everyone is always shocked that it's a woman pastor answering the phone. Or when they ask, can we speak to the pastor? And then they get a woman there. That's just, I feel like that's just become normal. And that's kind of sad. I hate that for us too, that that's become our normal. But, mm. And those, yeah. I just kind of be present. I think being, I say, yep, I'm here. That that's the most response I have. I try not to get too snarky with people in those situations. Other yeah. ones, but. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. And Geez, like I can't, I I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I've heard comments where, you know, I've had a, one person say, well, you don't look like a pastor because I was, I look young. And it's like, well, I am, you know, I don't have white hair. I don't have wrinkles. So, you know, what do you want? <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't even imagine some of the comments. Um, and it just kind of a, a more of a side thing, because I'm more curious. This is more my curiosity than anything, because as a pastor who has you know, candidated at churches. And a lot of times when I candidate for churches, they're always want to go, oh, well, can we talk to your wife? Can we interview your wife? Can we talk to her? And it usually seems like those comments are like, well, how are you going to help the ministry? And, and it got to the point where my wife even said, you know, when I apply to become a school teacher, there's, they're not going to call you into that room and say, Hey, or she gets a job at target or any, or any role, even if she was, if, even if she pursued her legal attorney job, you know, she's not going to be sitting with all their attorney things saying, Oh, Hey, can we talk to your husband real quick? So for women pastors, what's it like for your husbands when you're candidating? Do, is it the same type of comments or is that like not even a thing because like I, I'm very curious about that dynamic because I see it on my end and my wife's end being a pastor, my wife kind of being the one being interviewed. How is it when the roles are reversed? I, when I candidated, I, I don't think, I mean, there was a time where they wanted to talk to all of us as a family, but it was more like, what do you guys like to do? <laughs> it was a very surface level stuff. Hmm. And I think after getting hired, then people were kind of like, Hey, do you think your husband would like to lead this or do that? And mm-hmm. he'd say, no. <laughs> and so that kind of was the end of that. Um, now he does help out and worship now and helps lead worship at times. But so I, he, we didn't really get the, Hey, do you play piano? Do you do this? Like instantly trying to plug him into places. Hmm. Now, when my husband was a pastor and at his first church, 
I did get asked, don't you play piano? Do you do this? My answer was no as well. (laughs) I actually had a very similar experience to you, Scott, um, in the places where I've candidated, um, which has been more than just the one place that I was a senior pastor. Um, the, the interviews did include a part with Brett, um, and they would say, um, so where are you going to serve? And the first time that happened, I said, my husband will serve as he sees fit as any other person in the congregation. He's not on staff and he will not be used that way because I wanted to make it very clear that they're not getting like, cause he has the same degrees as me. So we came in and they're like, oh, we're getting a two for one. Like, no, no, <laughs> he doesn't work here. He's going to serve if he wants to, he's going to serve where he's going to serve. And um, so there was that same sort of um, assumption that the pastor's spouse was going to come along and fit right in. And like, I, they didn't ask him about the piano, but you know, they did ask him about other things. And um, I've always been very clear that like, this is my call, this is my job and, and not his. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of had the same situation as you. Um, and the only other thing I'd say about like pastor spouses when they're guys is like, they're left out of so much mm-hmm. when there are pastors, pastors, wives, teas and stuff like the guys don't feel included or wanted in that. And, um, that happens so frequently rather than, you know, pastor's spouses, those things are often labeled as pastor's wives, which communicates something. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an interesting inner point. And, and no church has asked Brett to serve on the church bowling team, Shannon. Oh yes, they did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, So yeah. To kind of to kind of turn to kind of turn a page on this conversation. Where do you guys see kind of within yourselves, within your ministries, or maybe other women ministers? Where have you seen the most growth? Where you feel like maybe women ministers have kind of more of an edge over their male colleagues? When that was a question I was thinking about today. And again, just talking to my son, I was like, what, because sometimes that's personality wise, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, certain personalities might fit ministry better than others, or might be more challenging or even just gifting all of that. Um, but Henry, he said, he's like, don't you think just by being there, you show people you can do it. <laughs> and I thought in a way it does just by like being a woman pastor, we kind of have the ability to give everyone a greater imagination for what the kingdom of God looks like. Mm. And I think of that, especially with kids in our church, they, like in my church, there are kids who have been born since I've been there. They never know anything other than a woman can be a pastor. So our mere existence is kind of shifting the paradigm. Mm. So I think that that's a good thing. And it's kind of, you know, fulfilling that your sons and daughters will prophesy and so maybe in a way, when we don't have women, we don't get that full picture of the kingdom. But so when women are, then we all, we show that fuller picture and have a greater imagination for what God can do. It kind of takes down one of those barriers or say, well, this is the only way church can look or ministry can look just by existing. We say, oh no, there's, there's other ways. And this is a way God works too. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, that's a lovely way to put it, Mary. Um, I, I also have son that we have, all, Mary and I both have all sons. So we have <laughs> three little guys that were, that were, you know, like growing up in the church with women in leadership. Um, 
and they're the same way. They, they kind of grew up seeing a woman as a pastor and kind of being like, Oh, can men be pastors too? Like, which is an awesome sort of shift from, from how I perceived it. Like, Oh, can women be pastors too? Like, um, that my sons see it that way. And, um, so I, I love how Mary put it, that it, it's sort of just by us being present kind of is shifting things. And I think that that's true as people see us, um, ministering and, and praying and preaching and, and being good at what we do, that will slowly start to change and people's minds will slowly start to cha- change. I would not say that either men or women have an edge over the other. I think it's very much personality. Um, you may be able to minister to someone that I can't, and I'm not, it may have to do with gender. It may not. It may have to do with personality. Um, there's somebody that Mary can minister to that I can't because we're different personalities. And so rather than saying we have an edge up, I would say we have a co-part in the kingdom Mm. and making the kingdom be what it is um, along with other diversities, age, uh, race, gender, all of those things. We together can show the fuller picture of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Wonderful. And I like how you, the, the phrase you like co-partnered. Um, and I think about the last church I was at where we had a, a lady on staff that was ordained and she was just, she wasn't serving anywhere. She was just more of a lay person, but I can, I know that there are times where if people were dealing with some heavy stuff, sometimes they felt comfortable talking to me. Sometimes they felt comfortable talking to uh, Sylvia and it was, and then Sylvia would always like kind of relay stuff back to me and it'd be like, Oh, okay. You know, but I always felt like, you know, that was always such a good dynamic of just people feeling like they could talk about certain things and whether it was me or her, it was, it was fantastic. And I always kind of supported that dynamic. Um, so kind of my final question, and maybe this is something for you, maybe it might be something you want to kind of give a shout out to maybe some of the women who are maybe in seminary or in Bible school, or maybe they're wrestling with their calling and they go, oh, I don't know. Uh when things get kind of rough or you're dealing with the Theobrogens on Twitter, what is the a, a verse or a phrase or a story or an event in your life that really can t- that that you hold on to that continues to encourage you in your ministry when you're dealing with the challenges that it brings? I think um, so when I was not working as a pastor and serving in a nonprofit, I was going through a very discouraging time thinking, what is my call? What am I supposed to do where, you know, I thought it was this thing. It's not panning out that way. And that was after applying to churches and not getting a jobs. And, and so the phrase, you know, just be faithful kind of became my mantra through that. And it was this sense of, you don't need a position to be faithful to the call of God. And so that was the post-it note on my computer. <laughs> I looked at every day and it's kind of carried me through, even as I did get this position and got called to this church and I'm working in ministry, it's still continuing just be faithful because I getting a church didn't all of a sudden just fulfill all those dreams and make everything easy. (laughs) It was just like a new set of hard things, which is fine. That's just part of life. But um, I think being faithful to the call, being faithful to Jesus, being faithful to this kingdom, like that's what I'm called to do. And so that's 
kind of guiding me along the way. And it lets me know that life's not always easy. It's not a smooth road, but be faithful to the call and get through that too. So that that's one that's really got me through is getting me through, I think even. Um, I would say for me, it's, it's different things in different seasons, but the thing for me that keeps me going is not a phrase or (laughs) even a a scripture. It is people, um, people who believe in me, um, despite what I come against and throughout my life, I have had a, a multitude of people who have come beside me and who have lifted me up. Um, at times it's, just my mom. Um, she's been my, a huge supporter of my whole life. She's in ministry as well. Um, and it, even in my darkest moments, she'll remind me of my call and, um, in, in seasons it's been friends. Mary's one of those people, um, who comes and lifts me up and it's just the connection and the network of people. I'm getting teary. You can tell, um, because it is, it is the belief of other people in what I do when I sometimes don't have it in myself. Um, and so what I would say to women who are coming up and to women who aren't sure is to get those people who surround you and lift you up and love you. And whether it's family or family by choice, who are friends, um, to have those people who you can always text and say, I can't do it today. Or, this is what somebody said to me today. And they can say that's even if they say that's crap, that's not true. Like you are called, you are amazing. God has a plan for you. And so for me, it's, it's those things, those people in in my life who have come alongside me and, and lifted me up. Man, thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Shannon. That's, that's great. And I think that's kind of a, a big challenge for all of us, for those of us who, have women in our lives that are in ministry, um, you know, just to be present and to just be there to support them and to, and to encourage them and say, Hey, we believe that God has called you. We're seeing it within the way you're ministering, whether, whether you're ministering in a, in a chaplaincy, whether you're ministering at a church, or even if you're kind of where I am, where I'm in a, state of transition where I don't know where I'm going to go, you know, just the idea of just continuing to encourage people. And that can go a long way. Guys, thank you so much for being on my show and I've wanted to do an episode like this for years and I'm glad I'm finally got able to to do it. So guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having us, Scott. It's good to meet you. Thank you. And guys, again, thank you so much for listening to the Scott Seven podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Hopefully this has challenged you, encouraged you, and hopefully empowered you to be able to encourage the uh, women in your life that serve in ministries. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and we'll be back on next week with another episode. God bless. Mm-hmm.